today we're going to talk about Abba, Father, and we're going to talk about walking with God. Amen. And so with this, you know, every father in the room, God, God the Father should be our example of how to be a father. And so when God the Father is our example of being a father, we can be good fathers. And this world needs good fathers right now. And so not only is it an example to your children, but also probably to your friends' children. And no matter what you do in the community, that you're being a good, godly example. Amen? And so uh, what does Abba mean? You find this in Romans 8.15. And then we'll look at there, Romans 8.15. Because we've been adopted, the Bible says that we can call out Abba, Father. Everybody say Abba. And then we can find that again in Galatians chapter 4, 5, and 6 because we've been adopted uh, into God's family that he is Abba, Father to us. So Galatians 4, and let's look at verses 5 and 6. Galatians 4, 5, and 6. That was up in my introduction. Sorry, y'all. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. So you all, we're sons and daughters, right? And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son in your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So everybody, everybody say, Father God, you are Abba, Daddy God, to me. Amen. And so if God is your father, one of the greatest things about being a father and having children is you want a relationship. You know, uh, fathers can provide for their children, and we know that God provides for us. We looked at that last week. He said we're better than birds. Right? We're better than birds. And I'm grateful. I like to look at birds, but I'm grateful that I'm better than a bird. And if I provide them food, uh, you know, God will take good care of me and better care than he does of a bird. And so God wants to take care of you. And what Pastor Robert was talking to you about, God has met every one of your financial needs. He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you. How many of you know that Jesus made it so that you were healed in your physical body? You can walk in divine health. But I want to talk to you about, yes, I want you, God wants you to receive the promises that are yes and amen, but he actually would like a relationship with you. He would like, to, he would like a relationship. Adam and Eve, he came and walked in the cool of the day. Why? He wanted to talk to them. He didn't just create them to be, he created them to be with him. He created someone in his likeness and his image so that he could chat with them. So he could talk about all the animals that he made. So he talked about the mountains and the gold and the rivers and uh, what you find today. All that kind of stuff. And God still wants to fellowship with you. I said God wants to fellowship with you. And so I want to look at two guys in the Bible who had this same thing. And I love ministering about this really because God dealt with me about it one time when I was stressed out. I don't know if you all ever get stressed. But I was stressed out about something. And um, how is this going to happen? You told me to do something. How is this going to happen? This is too big. It's too big. And it always is too big when it's God. Hallelujah. Uh, how are you going to fix it? Tell me, you know. And he just basically said, quit stressing out and do this. And I was like, do what? And then so he took me to Genesis chapter 6, verse 9. And it says, these are the generations of Noah. Anybody know Noah? Noah was a just and perfect man or just and righteous man in his generation. And Noah walked with God. And Noah walked with God. And Noah walked with God. 
And so I'll read this other one, and then we'll talk about it. Then we look at Genesis chapter 5, verses 2 through 4. Um, let's see. Is that what I want? Nope. I wrote it down wrong. Because that's talking about being creative. Like, uh, find me in Genesis. We'll go to Hebrews 11.5. Find me in Genesis where Enoch walked with God. But we'll go to Hebrews 11 first. What is it? 524. I wrote 2 through 4. It's 24. I was, thank you. All right. Genesis 5. Let me, mess, let me fix this so the same thing doesn't happen second service. 524. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. So these two men in the Hebrews 11, 5, Hebrews 11, 5, even brought into the great hall of faith. In Hebrews 11, 5, it says, it says the, by faith, Enoch was translated. And I know that that's the big thing. How many of you know Elijah and Enoch are the only ones that have not tasted death yet? And it's appointed unto man once to die. And I'll let you think about that yourself. Um, I mean, that's not an opinion. It's kind of an opinion. But I think those are the two witnesses. It has to be because uh, they haven't died yet. And so, um, cool, let's wait, wait till we see Enoch and Elijah. All right, cool. Anyway, by, Enoch, by faith, Enoch was translated that should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony, he pleased God. So what pleased God? Well, yes, we're going to look at that next verse later. But what do we know about him? It's just one line. He walked with God. Why did God choose Noah? To go from, because after Noah and Mrs. Noah and his children, there were more, no more humans. Why did he choose, out of everybody, yes, he walked righteously, but what made him do that? He walked with God. And so I was all stressed out one day, and I don't know where it was, I don't remember what time it was, I don't remember what I was doing, but I remember being stressed out, and I was trying to get somewhere, and the Lord spoke to me, he said, Mark, just walk with me. Quit doing all this other stuff. And just walk with me. Just walk with me. And then, you know, every time I say that, I'm reminded of the old song that, that I learned in the Methodist church. And he walks with me. You know, you remember that one? And he talks with me. And that's really what he wants. And he tells me I am his own. He just wants to walk with me. It's not performance-based. He just wants to... Me to know him, and he wants me to know. I, he wants me to know him, and he wa he wants to know me, and he wants me to walk with him. And if I'll just walk with him, and can I do that? How do I do that? I just do that every day. I walk with him, and of course, it sent me on a journey. What does it really mean to walk with God? What does it really mean to walk with God? Because I think a lot of people say, "Well, I am walking with God," but. Uh, It'll, then it takes me immediately to, and, and we'll look at it a little further later, but Amos 3.3, 3, how can two walk together unless they agree? And so if I, then I figured out that if I'm really going to walk with him and have fellowship with him, um, then I'm going to have to agree with him. And if I'm going to agree with him, I'm going to have to find out what he likes and what he doesn't like. 
And so it sent me on a journey, and I want you to go there with me. But I want you to make this your confession. And even if you don't feel like you're doing it, I, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, it is my determination, is my determination. that I will walk with you, walk with you. Abba, Father. Abba Father. I'm going to walk with you all the days of my life. And, because, and so if, if that's your determination, if that's your decision, I'm going to walk with God, then he's going to begin, the Holy Spirit's going to begin to work with you so that you and I can walk with God. I'm not, I, you, and the thing with walking with God is you can always get closer to him. So you're never going to come to the end of your journey of figuring out how to walk with God and how to be close with God. My determined purpose is at the end of my life, I've walked so close with him that I just close my eyes, pull up my feet, and go home. Amen? So how are we going to walk with him? So let's look at some things that the word of God says in walking with him. So let's first turn to 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse uh, 3. 1 John 1, 3, and we're going to be in the King James. That which we have seen and heard declare we unto you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father. And with his son, Jesus Christ. So, yes, we have fellowship this way, but this portion of scripture is mostly talking about our fellowship with the Father. And when you walk with God, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about fellowship. You really can't have good fellowship this way until you've had good fellowship this way. And our, and our fellowship is with the Father, with his son, Jesus Christ. Verse 4. And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. So, our fellowship... And our walking with God has to do with your joy being full. And so if your joy is ever low, then you know your fellowship with God is low. Now just tell on me, um, every once in a while when I get a little grouchy, my wife will say to me, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And she's always right. Verse 5. Then... Yes, I do get grouchy sometimes. <laughs> then this is the met. I know it's a work of the flesh, but we all have one. Hallelujah. Then this is the message which you've heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. That God is light. So it's beginning to say, now, if you're going to fellowship with God and if your joy is going to be full, then you're going to have to understand this. I declare to you that God is light. And in him is zero darkness. There's, he is pure light, and he is pure life. Verse 6. If we say that we have fellowship with him, all right? How many of you say we have fellowship with him? You have fellowship? Okay, that's weak. How many? Because you're like, what? You, do you have fellowship with him? Are you fellowshiping with him? And it says, if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, uh-oh. So if there's darkness, if we're walking in darkness, what is darkness? Well, you know what darkness is. It's sin. It's walking with the world, right? It's walking in the world, doing things, talking the way, doing the things of the world. It says, and if we walk in darkness, I didn't write this. It says, we lie. So if you say, I have fellowship with him, I'm walking with God, I'm walking with God, and we walk in darkness, then the Bible says, you're a liar with your pants on fire. And, and we do what? And we do not the truth. We'll save that for later. So if someone is walking in darkness, they are doing not the truth. They're not doers of the word. They're not doers of the light. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light, that's us, right? That was weak. I said, this is first service. How, if we walk in the light, say, that's me. What is the light? Well, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, that's Psalms 119, 130. If the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. If I walk, the entrance of his word gives what? Light, right? It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. So I'm walking in the word. So if I'm walking with God, truly walking with God, then I've got to be a word walker. I'm walking in the word. The word of God is my life. The word of God is my light. The word of God lights my path. So the path I walk on, the path that I walk on is what? It is, it is because of uh, I I'm walking in the light. It says we have fellowship one with another. Now, I know a lot of people don't know what that fellowship is talking about. I believe that fellowship one with another is vertical. Yes, we'll have fellowship this way, but I believe this fellowship is vertical it's talking about. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So if you're going to walk with God, if I'm going to walk with God, we're going to have to do what? We're going to have to walk in the light. John 8, 12 says this, I am the light of the world. NIV. I am the light of the world. Whoever uh, follows Jesus spoke in and said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. So I'm walking with God. I'm following Jesus. I'm fo He's the word made flesh. And it says, whoever follows me never walks in darkness. So I've got to make a determined purpose. I'm going to walk with God. I'm not going to walk in darkness. You can't continually, consistently walk in light and walk in darkness at the same time. It really is a choice. And if you choose the darkness, you chose not to walk with God. It's just that simple. And there are real benefits and advantages. I'm not talking about your salvation. I'm not talking about your salvation. It's like when the Bible talks to you about inherit the kingdom of God. It's talking about the blessings of God. If you, if you choose to be born again and still live carnal, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. You're not going to be able to uh, receive the blessings of God. You're not going to be able to walk in all the benefits of God. So let's look at this again in John 8, 12. It says this. It says that we will, uh, but if we, uh, sorry, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Say, so I'm never going to walk in darkness. So, well, I can't, I can't promise that. Yeah, but your, your tongue and your words will guide your steps. If you have to wait to be it before you say it, that's not faith. Your tongue and your words will guide you. Your, your, your tongue is a rudder. Not just for healing, not just for prosperity, but for life. So oh, I, I can't say that. I'll be lying. Well, you'd be lying if you said something contrary to the word of God. That's when you're lying. When you speak the truth, you're telling for the first time in our lives, we finally said what was true. Well, I don't feel it. I'm not acting that way. You get your tongue going and your mouth going and your words going with the word of God. And it will steer your body that way. He says, with your tongue, you can steer your whole life. I want to walk with God. I want to walk with God. And therefore, I'm going to walk in the word and I'm going to walk in the light. 
So whoever follows me, the word of God says what? Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Psalms 119, 130, I already gave you. The entrance of his word gives light, gives understanding to the simple. Hallelujah, I qualify. Glory to God. And so if you're going to walk with God like Noah and Enoch walk with God, number one, you're going to have to walk in the light. And if you walk in the light, uh, what is walking in the light? Well, first of all, it's walking in the revelation that you know. And if you walk in the light and in the life of God, then the blood of Jesus will continually cleanse you from all righteous unrighteousness. I don't know how you grew up or what church you grew up in, but I was taught about the sin of commission and omission and permission and demission, and everybody was on a mission to destroy my life because they didn't really know the Word of God. But if you walk in the light with the word of God, you don't have to worry about the sins of commission and omission. Because if you're walking in the light, now if you, if you violate the light that you have, that's sin. In other words, everybody at Cornerstone Word of Life Church knows that you're supposed to walk in love. If you've been here one time, probably you've heard it enough, at least two, you know about walking in love. Right? And so to you to hate somebody or not walk in love, to you, that's sin. Because you know better. You know better. So that's, that's, that's um, defying or uh, on purpose walking against the light that you have. And then you'll need to confess that and the blood of Jesus will cleanse you of that and, and cleanse you from all unrighteousness because you violated the light that you had. But if you'll walk in the light, I love this, the blood of Jesus will continually cleanse you. Woo! Hallelujah. So I said this again, so let's look at Amos 3 and 3. This is really one of the first scriptures when the Lord talked to me about this that popped up. And you know this, can two walk together unless they be agreed? How many know God's not changing? Is he ever going to change? Has he ever been wrong? Does he ever need to change? No. If there's any change in needed, then that's going to be on me. So if I want to walk with him, then I'm the one under the change order. You know, I, I, I'm going to have, it's going to be me. So, but, so I have to find out what he likes and what he doesn't like. So walking with him, number one, I've got to agree with him. And then number two, I like this one. Uh, Galatians 5, 6 says, that, uh, 16 says that if you walk in the spirit... You'll not fulfill the lust of your flesh. So I'm going to have to walk in the light. I'm going to have to walk in agreement. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to learn how to walk in the spirit. Because God is a spirit. So see, I'm going to have to get out of the natural mind and the natural way of thinking. I know everybody today, all over the United States of America and all over the world, they're all up in an uproar about this or that, and, and their life is all stressed out. But this is what I, I've understood, that... Um, God, from the realm of the spirit, then he'll begin in my life to fix things that are in the natural. But I can't start in the natural and then want God to do something that really is a spiritual problem. A lot of the things that are going on in the world today are very spiritual problems. And the reason they can't be fixed naturally is because you can't fix a spiritual problem with a natural solution. I'll say this, and it's just the way it popped up. You can't fix stupid in the natural. You can only fix stupid by getting born again. 
Because stupid comes from a wrong nature. Stupid comes from the nature of the devil. And when we get born again, we're not stupid anymore. We have the mind of Christ. We begin to think like God, act like God, talk like God. If you're going to do that, you're going to have to do that by walking in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, then not only is it going to keep your flesh under, but it's going to cause you to act like, if you want to, if you want to walk with God, you're going to have to do it in the Spirit. You can't, God is not a mind. You have, to, you have to do it spirit to spirit. And so if you're going to walk with him, if you're going to agree with him, you're going to have to do it in the spirit. Um, you know, one of the things, too, that I learned about this, if I'm going to walk with God, I'm going to have to, and this reminds me of Father's Day. You know, uh, our children, whether we like it or not or whether they like it or not, they imitate us. We have some characteristics, some mannerisms. We say some words, you know, whatever you grew up. It's so funny that Pastor Ron and I, you know, uh, both of our mothers um, have, have fun words and uh, fun colloquial expressions, and both of them did. Some of them, you know, we liked it when we found out that what we grew up saying, you know, it's kind of silly or whatever we said when it intersected because we're kind of all from, we're from both from the upper, mid, from the Midwest and stuff. And then we passed all those down to our daughter, Hallelujah. So she's, she's, she has, I don't think she says as many of them. But um, the truth of the matter is that um, you, you imitate what you've seen. And really God wants us to imitate him. Well, he's God. Yeah, but 1 John 2, 6 says, He that abides in him ought himself also so walk even as he walked. So if you say you abide in him, you're born again, you live in him, then we can walk like he walked. Ephesians 5.1, New Living, says it this way. It says, uh, imitate God. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Ephesians 5.1, New Living. Imitate God. Imitate him. So that's just plain, right? So are you supposed to do what God does? So how was that, you know, that old, that thing, what would Jesus do? Well, we know what Jesus did. So we know what Jesus do because we know what he did. So God said, imitate me. If you want to walk with him, you're going to have to act like him. You're going to have to talk like him. You're going to have to like the things he likes. You're going to have to dislike the things that he doesn't. And remember, we went over this. God has not changed from the Old Testament. The things, things he liked then, he likes now. The things he don't like then, he don't like now. There is no uh, 2.0 update of the Word of God. He is not going to change because culture has changed, because people have changed their mind about something, even if well-known ministers change their mind about something. God has not changed. So we don't form our beliefs even by what well-known ministers are saying. We form our beliefs by the written Word of God and by comparing Scripture with other Scripture and by looking at God in the Old Covenant knowing He has not changed. What has changed, the law was even good. We just couldn't keep it. What has changed is Jesus came. And because of Jesus, we can walk with God again. He can be our father again. Remember one of the first things that, things that I said to you. Remember when Mary was there and Jesus said, Mary, don't hold on to me. Don't cling on to me because I still got to go to my father and to your father, to my God and to your God. 
One of the greatest things that happened was, and Jesus, and God's always been a father, but now he's really our father, and we're heirs and joint heirs with the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus took care of the sin problem. He took care of the sickness and disease problem. He took care of the poverty problem. He took care of the confusion problem. He took care of every problem, if you'll believe that and receive that. But make no mistake about it, God the Father has not changed. He's always been kind. See, I think at one time I used to think after I started learning the word, okay, back there in the old covenant, he was angry, and now he's kind. He, ha- he had a, a personality change. But if you study in Deuteronomy, he's always been kind. He's always been good. He's always been benevolent. He's always gone out of his way to take care of his people. He's always been a provider. He has not changed. So, we're supposed to imitate him. And then Jesus said this in John 13, 15. You know, uh, I've given you an example that you should do it as I've done unto you. Remember, this is when he was washing the feet. But God's always our example. And as a father, one of the things you can tell your children or ought to be able to tell your children is, like Paul told the church, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. We as fathers in this room, we ought to be able to tell our children And really, people all around us, follow me as I follow Christ. Now, I know today nobody likes to take the lead. Everybody likes to hang out in the back and maybe criticize everybody in the lead. But you and I have got to stand up and take the lead. we got to stand up and take the lead and be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. And we really have to follow him. What does that mean? Walk with him. Walk with God. God our Father, walk with Abba. Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Agree with him. Walk in the spirit. Imitate him. Find out who he is and what he would do in that situation. And how are we going to do that? Well, John 14, 23, Jesus said this. He said, Jesus answered and said to him, if any man love me. Do you all love the Lord? If you really love the Lord, what are you going to do? He will keep my words. What, what does James say? James 1, 22, be a doer of the word and not a... Because if you're a hearer only, you are self-deceived. So it's never enough to hear. Hearing is where it starts. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But that's just the beginning. Hearing is never enough. Now I'm going to tell you again. Hearing is not enough. I'm grateful you're here to hear. I'm grateful that you're here to hear every time the doors are open. And I'm grateful you are hearing. But hearing is the beginning. It's not the end. If you're not a doer of what you heard, then you're deceived. And you haven't been deceived by the devil. You've, deceived by, you've been self-deceived. And I remember the Lord told me one time, self-deception is the hardest thing to get people out of. Because you think you're fine when you're not. You think it's all okay, and it's not. And so you've deceived yourself. But thank God, you can hear the word, and you can do the word. Everybody say, I'm not a hearer only. And Jesus said this. He said, if, he said, if any man love me, he will keep my words. 1423. He will keep my words, and my father, and my father will do what? Love him. 
Who, who does the Father love? Well, the Father loves everybody. But I believe that this is kind of more of an intense fellowship relationship. If you keep the word of God, then you're what? You're imitating God. If you keep the word of God, you're agreeing with God. If you keep the word of God, you're walking in the light. And it says, my Father will love him, and we will come unto him, and we will live in him. Do you think about that one? Hallelujah. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2. We'll look at verses 3 and five, three through 5 in the NLT. If we, can, uh, if we can be sure that we know him, if we obey his commands. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. So how do we know? Well, I can't tell, you know, can, can I tell if, if I love God? Let's not talk about anybody else. Let's talk about ourselves. You can tell if you really are loving God by doing the word. And the more you do the word, the more that you are showing that you love God. L- listen to me. Y'all right? I know you're listening. Because it is the truth. People say, well, I love God. But it's just a word. Anybody can say that. I mean, praise the Lord. I can meddle. I mean, people say that to people all the time. I love you. And then stab them in the back. Lie about them. Commit adultery. I love you. What are those? Well, those are idle. Just because someone says it doesn't make it true. I've had people say to me, I love God. While they're living in sin and doing what is wrong. And yeah, we all have problems and we need to get out of it. I get, I get it. But if we really love God, then we'll be working, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be doing things to keep us from living in and practicing sin. If you love me, Jesus said, you do what I say. If you really love me. I'm not talking about you going to heaven. Y'all got way too quiet. And Jesus is the one who said this. So if we really want to walk with God, we've got to do what the Lord says in his word. And then we've got to do what he says to our heart. Amen. Everybody say it by faith. Say, I love the Lord. I didn't, I didn't mean to make you all somber. Hallelujah. But that's what the word says. Everybody say it again. Say, I love the Lord. So I'll do what he says. Well, it makes you a doer of the word, right? Makes you walking in the light, right? Makes you an imitator of God, right? Amen? Makes you a doer, not a hearer, because you love the Lord. And if you make that confession and just and mean it, I love the Lord. I love you. I love you. I love you. And there's things you're not doing, the Holy Ghost will help you. This is not condemnation. So somebody get this out, well, I was feeling so good, and now I feel so low. Well, that's condemnation, and that's not from God. That's the devil just jumped on your shoulder. Kick him off. Kick him off. Because that's condemnation. Now, conviction, that's on the inside. And what will that make you do? I'm going to change that. I'm going to fix that. Holy Ghost, help me fix that. That's different. So I I don't want to mess with the convicting power of God today. We're going to let that work. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. What else do we know? Well, 
If we're going to walk with God, how can two walk together unless they agree? If we're going to be like Noah, if we're going to be like Enoch, then we're also going to have to um, be faithful to God, be loyal to the Lord. Colossians 3.2 says this, so set your affections on things above. So if you're going to walk with God, your affections have to be where? On things above. So if I'm really going to walk with God, I'm going to have to run with my eyes up. I'm going to have to walk with my eyes up, setting my heart, my affections on things above. So I'm not going to be so consumed with what's going on in the world. Yes, what's going on in the world, I know what's going on in the world, and I know this and I know that. But it's not what I think about morning, noon, and night. That's the trap of the devil. To get you thinking about things that are going on, the problems, and what this person needs to do. No, I set my affections on things above. And if I set my affections on things above, the Lord can download things to me to fix things that concern me. Because he said he would perfect everything that concerns me. So he would download things. But I've got it. What's my part? I set my affections on things above. And then, you know, we can't hardly go this route without looking at James 4 and 4. James 4 and 4, you adulterers and adulteresses, know you not that friendship of the world is enmity against, with God. Whoever therefore is a friend of the world will be an enemy of God. So we know this, we can't play footsies with the world and be God's friend and really walk with him. I mean, spiritual adultery, you know, that means we're married. Remember, we talked about this. We've been espoused to one Jesus Christ. We're married to Jesus and, and there's no fooling around. And there's no fooling around because he does not take kindly to spiritual adultery, just like we shouldn't take kindly to natural adultery. You know, people do this all the time. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to come down and hold Pastor Rhonda's hand. Hallelujah. And I do that before I get in trouble. Hallelujah. Um, but, you know, um, you know, someone who commits adultery, run, they're married and they run into somebody else. Well, they were my soulmate. Well, that's just a bunch of baloney. Soul, number one, that just means emotionally I got trapped by the devil. So there's nothing in the world, because the world, the devil, the things of this world are going to pull on our soul. We have to make sure that we're not spiritually uh, going to commit adultery because there's no looking back. We're not going to be like Lot's wife and look back and long. Aren't you glad we live in the new covenant? Hallelujah. That is a benefit of the new covenant. But that's what she was doing. She was looking back and longing for her life. So there's nothing for us to look back and long for. So everybody say no spiritual adultery. What am I going to do instead? I'm going to set my affection. How are we going to walk with God? How, you know, nobody in this room is going to get uh, translated like Enoch. But and that's what the Lord was dealing with me about. And some of you heard me say this before, but he said to me, walking with me is a transportation system. And walking is a transportation. Mean, you and I don't do it a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, but you can walk from point A to point Z. But with God, when you start walking with him, it's like in the airports, you know, those big ones where they have the, uh, the walkway thing that if you get on it and if, you should, if you're not moving, you should move to the right. I'm moving. You get over on the right. Or if you're in England, get over on the left. 
because I've got to go somewhere. I'm not, just, I'm not just taking a ride. I'm walking faster. Anyway, walking is transportation. But when you walk with God, it's like getting on one of those. And you just go faster. And Enoch walked with God, and he got so close with God, he just went on home. Noah walked with God, and it transported him and his family from one history in life to another history. Where all of mankind was destroyed into starting over. It was the ark. It's like the ark compared to the rapture. But in your life, what? Just walking with God will get you somewhere. And it will get you somewhere quick. And it'll get you to the right destination. But we got to learn how to walk with God. How am I going to walk with him? I'm going to agree with him. How am I going to walk with him? I'm going to walk in the light. How am I going to walk with him? I'm going to set my affections on things above. How am I going to walk with him? I'm going to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. How am I going to walk with him? I'm going to imitate him. Hallelujah. And, I'm going to, and I want to be loyal and faithful to him, so I'm going, to set my, I'm going to set my affections on him. And also, I am not going to walk in spiritual adultery. And then let's go to Hebrews 11, because we can't talk about pleasing God and walking with God without talking about this. So let's look at it again, Hebrews 11, 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony. That he pleased God. Mm, don't we want that testimony? That's, our, that's what we're striving for. That we please God. Listen to me. God loves you. And he loved you. And he loved you when you're in your mother's womb. Before you did anything right or did anything wrong. But it's up to us how much we fellowship with him. And in our times of our life, I say it like this, and I really understand this from Scripture. God doesn't love me any more today than when I was a sinner. He doesn't love me anymore. But he can be more or less pleased with me. I have, have you ever had times in your life when you know the Lord was less pleased with you than other times? Um. As a parent, as a father, you can love your children and you love them no matter what. But there are definitely times when you are more or less pleased. Based on their actions. Based on if they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So it's not about love, it's about pleasing. And it says this, that he had a testimony that he pleased God. Everybody said, I want that testimony. What? That you please God, right? And then what does it say? Verse 6, but without faith. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God or he who walks with God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Because it was talking about walking with God. And then it says, and, and Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. And how did he please God? He walked with him by faith. So what does that mean? I don't know that he saw God, but he believed in God, and he talked to God like God was there. I heard my great, 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 I don't know which one, where to stop. Granddaddy, Adam, and Grandmama Eve, even though they ate that apple, I heard that you used to come talk to them. 
They ate that fruit and all that, you know, and, oh, wish they wouldn't have. But you talk to them. I want you to talk to me. So I'm going to start talking to you. Then he walked with God. And he walked with God based on what he knew of God. And it so pleased God that God took him. Because I think he was, man, he was walking with probably a whole lot less revelation than you and I have. We have a written revelation. We can really know God. Well, God's mysterious. No, he's not. His ways are beyond finding out. No. He wrote down his ways, his thoughts. They're beyond finding out for someone who's natural, for someone who's not born again. But by his spirit, he'll reveal himself to you. And you and I can walk with him. Woo! Hallelujah. How do we do it? By faith. If I want to really walk with God, I'm going to have to do it by faith. Amen? And if we do all these things, I'm going to tell you, you're, there's going to be something different about you and I. So everybody in this room, let's make this, this purpose on Father's Day. That we're going to get closer to our Heavenly Father. That we're going to get closer to Abba. Just do one thing. Just do something that, that you take a step towards him to walk with him more on a regular basis. Don't promise him, I'm going to pray three hours a day. Um, I'm going to memorize all of John um, by next month. Come on, if you haven't been reading a scripture a day, don't promise him stuff like that. Just, I'm, going to, I'm going to walk with you today. When I open my eyes, the first thing I'm going to do is talk to you. Before I get in my car to come home from work, I'm going to take just a second and I'm going to, I'm going to talk to you. Before I go to bed tonight, I'm going to take about 10, 15 minutes and I'm just going to share with you. Share what? Tell him what went on in your day. It's like, oh, he knows. I know he knows. But it is amazing just sometimes, yes, you need to learn how to pray the prayer of faith. You need to learn how to rebuke and command in Jesus' name. But I think in our circle in this day, we just need to get back to learn how to talk to him. How to walk with him. And when we do, remember what they said about Peter and John? They said, those are nothing but ignorant and unlearned men. Acts 4.13. But it says, they took notice that they'd been with Jesus. There was something on them. Something on them. Listen, y'all. I believe in presence evangelism. I believe that if you and I would get so full of God, how do we get full of God? Yes, coming to saturation meetings. Yes, getting hands laid on you. But just walking with God. Just walking with Him. Every day. Just talking with Him. And then 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, that will be like a, a saver, the King James says, but I like the Amplified Classic and the New Living. It says, um, one of them says, a sweet perfume. The Amplified Classic says, a fragrance. How cool it is 
that in the realm of the Spirit, when you walk with God, His fragrance gets on you. His fragrance gets on you. And people can tell. What's that fragrance? Well, it's peace. It's joy. It's life. It's light. And the more you're with him, the more you're with him, the more of him gets on you. And the more of him that's on you will help other people. It's simple. Let's just walk with him. You know, like even marriages. You want your marriage to be stronger? Both of you just walk with God. Yeah, but we need communication skills. I know. But if you learn how to communicate with God, you can sure learn how to communicate with each other. We need problem-solving skills. I know. I teach them. But God is the one. You tell him your problems, and he'll tell you how to solve them. So you learn to walk with God and talk with God and be a doer of the word. It'll help your family. It'll help your marriage. It'll help you raise children. It'll help you with your business. It'll help you with your career. It'll help you in school. The closer you get to him, the more you're going to figure out he knows everything. And he won't withhold from you. Because he loves you and you love him. 